Thanks for tuning in to our bonus episode preview. This is just a short sample of this week's exclusive Patreon episode. You can hear the episode in its entirety by becoming a member at patreon.com slash indoctrination, where you'll gain access to all of our exclusive episodes and merchandise. So today for a special bonus episode, we have someone back who has more to talk about that we didn't get to. And it's so nice to talk to you again and to see you again, Krista. If you don't mind just um, spending a few moments uh, reintroducing yourself and then we'll go from there. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me back, Rachel. I'm so excited genuinely to be here. I am Krista Lester Pitch. I grew up in a cult known as River Road Fellowship, which is or was a splinter group of the Way International, which is a very famous worldwide cult. I was born into River Road Fellowship, and I grew up in that church, and I ultimately left at the age of 23 back in 2015. So I've been out for a little over eight years now. When you were talking about your experiences growing up, there was so much that happened that felt really topsy-turvy in your life, moving to different people's homes, being also told about appearance and Um, that's the other topsy-turvy thing that comes with sort of building your own confidence and sense of self and being okay with who you are and feeling accepted or acceptable in different ways or not. And I know that that can make a lasting impact, among other things, among ways that women are treated differently than men in a lot of these groups. And so because you've been out for eight years, let's talk about that time, because that's what a lot of people ask about. What happens after people leave? What still impacts them? What helps them when they're healing? So let's pick the story up from there. Of course. So I ended up ultimately, I think we spoke about this in the last episode, I ended up living in Spokane, Washington with Uh, Randy and Pam Rourke, some of their family members, a lot of the maidens lived there. It was very, very, very restrictive. My diet was very monitored. My comings and goings were monitored. It was very controlled, just like the rest of my life. I made the choice to leave when I was 23 in March of 2015. It was right after. Victor Bernard was arrested in Brazil. He was arrested at the end of February of 2015. And what were the charges against him? He was charged with 52 counts of child molestation. I believe there was there was a lot in there. He was ultimately sentenced on two of them and will likely spend the rest of his life in prison. So he was arrested at the end of February of 2015 in Brazil, and I was already not happy with my current situation, as one can imagine. My life was very controlled. I was 23 years old, but I was being treated like I was a teenager, you know, be home by a certain time, wear these certain clothes, eat these certain foods, 
during that time, I was the daughter of somebody who was in the who was in the news along with this, Mike Lester, and my grandparents came out with a story. Everybody, you know, wants their 15 minutes of fame when something like this happens. And my grandparents contacted the news and went after my dad because my dad was fairly close with Victor for a lot of years. So there was a possibility that I would be approached by media or by law enforcement. I never was, but I was told exactly what to say or what not to say. And at that point, I had a pretty decent idea that these allegations against Victor were true. I didn't know for sure, but it wouldn't have surprised me considering how he behaved with the women as I was growing up. It was not outside of the realm of logic. Right. And when you're saying how he behaved, I'm sure there were things that you know, as with anyone who who deals with allegations, there are things happening not in front of people, things happening behind closed doors, but even just the things that you saw in public, if you can just describe that, because that it adds to a discomfort when you're growing up to be around that and to wonder if your body is safe and all of it. Absolutely. So that actually brings up a really good point because it was normal. For me. So I didn't have that. Is my, am I safe? Am I safe against this? This is, this was just how it was. And I thought it was okay. So the way that women behaved with Victor was very much, it was inappropriate for one thing. We would all run up to him if he, you know, showed up where we were and give him hugs or kisses on the cheek. When he would be sitting with us, a lot of times women would be leaning on his shoulder or holding his hand or snuggling with him. It was really, um, that was just how it was. Married women, young girls, basically, if you were female, that's just what you did. Him with the men was different, obviously. Of course, they were happy to see him, but it was not nearly as physical. So that was just how things were growing up. I was never molested in the sense that the maidens were. He did smack me on the butt once, though, and I didn't remember that for a lot of years. And then suddenly popped into my memory one day, and I was like, wait a second, that happened. Yeah, and I was, I think I was 15 at the time, which obviously that's not appropriate. That was just, that was normal. So I never had that fear of, if is my body safe? We didn't even know that these things were actually happening behind closed doors, that he was having affairs with the married women, that he was raping underage girls. Like I, I had no idea as a child, it never like popped into my head. Like, is this happening? I was just a kid. Once the news broke and Jess and Lindsay went to the media and told their story, I couldn't not believe it. They had everything to lose. And they had lost already so much. And it was, like I said, within the realm of logic, it made sense to me. So I started to have one foot out the door quite a long time before that. I do want to say that that is common, that a a lot of people will think that when someone leaves something, it was the sudden decision. It rarely is. And it's usually many years in the making, actually, if it, and at the least 
a few months, but it's not sudden. It has to kind of percolate. You have to think of the right time, what your life, you kind of envision a life outside and what that might look like and deal with fears and be ready to say goodbye to all of this. It's, it's a lot. How long did, was that process for you from what you remember? For me, it was about a year. The news came out in the winter of 2014. The warrant for his arrest came out in April of 2014. And then he was ultimately arrested in February of 2015. And I left in March of 2015. So it was about a year and it was a very slow process. At first, I tried really hard to buy into this idea that we were just suffering the persecution that Victor always said we would be suffering and that it was written in the Bible that this was going to happen in the last days and all of all of those things. I really tried to buy into it because this was my whole life and it was very confusing. We actually did have a news team come to our house at one point and try to interview us. The people I lived with, they closed all the blinds and locked all the doors. And I think that was actually reported on in the news. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, if I was there by myself, I would have spoken to them because I was starting to feel trapped. And so I made the decision once more started coming out and things started to get weirder and weirder with the lies and the me being told what to say. And I knew I knew I was being told what to say so that the lies would be protected. I had purchased a secret tablet that I kept in my room and I kept up on the news with that. But then the people I lived with were also telling me what was in the news, which was not common. They didn't just divulge information, but I knew that they were trying to maintain a ruse of like this, we're keeping this out in the open. And they would tell me what they wanted me to hear and the rest they would keep to themselves and they would alter stories, I remember. And I knew I was being lied to. And once I started being told what to talk, what to tell the media and what to tell the police if I was ever approached, I made the decision that I was going to tell them the truth and ask for help. I was never approached. I wish I had been, but I made the decision that I was going to get out of there one way or the other. <laughs> 